Drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. And welcome to a September 26th Monday night football edition of the elephants in the room. Where we don't talk about football because this game is boring. Although they did finally score something, so it's not a soccer score. Yeah, it's not awful right now. It's not great. You know, if I was trying to introduce someone to football and get them excited, this is not the game that I would pick. Yeah, well, I'll say say this. Compared to last night's game, this is miles better. If you ever... If you ever want to have the oh well you know that was a nice fun defensive game people say oh a game was boring to show them last night's game <laughs> <laughs> sorry not sorry <laughs> all right i can't imagine being a neutral last night i just had rooting at least we had rooting interest mm-hmm. for the niners you were invested, my boy, Jimmy G. All right, so what's happening in the wide world? Well, I mean, the big news of the day is we've got ourselves our first hurricane of the year. Really? It's This is the first one? It's yeah. September. They don't get any in the, like... Well, there have been some tropical storms. There's been some name storms. Uh, Puerto Rico was hit. Uh for the storm, but we haven't had a, a, a hurricane hit the continental United States this year, and uh, we're getting a hurricane. Tampa, Tampa Bay is going to be a direct hit for a big, big, big storm. Big storm, 130 mile an hour winds. Um, it's going to be nasty. That's so. That's the big news. That's legitimately the biggest news in the country right now. Is this hurricane? Look at this. Frontfoxnews.com bracing for impact. Sorry, did you say where it's going to hit first? Tampa Bay. Oh, direct hit? Yeah. Ian forecast called near worst case scenario for Tampa area. Mm. There you go. Oh, and we successfully, NASA successfully crashed a spacecraft into an asteroid for the first time. We want to crash into asteroids. (laughs) Well, we want to be able to see if we if we need to move one off a trajectory if we think it's if we know it's going to hit us. Oh, so we sacrifice probably a bajillion dollar thing to test this theory. Well, we sacrifice Bruce Willis. Oh, okay. Right, that's right. This was they're just that was classified mission, and now they're just releasing the video of it. Okay. Twenty three years later. Twenty five years later. Twenty three <laughs> years later. Right. Bruce Willis died on the asteroid, split it apart, I believe. Yeah. That's right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, No, um, but the big news, the big news in the political world 
since that's the world that we talk about here, uh, was a Washington Post ABC News poll from over the weekend. Oh, because and what now was we that are poll? we are full blown into full blownsies, full blownsies into the midterms, and the Washington Post poll found that on the generic congressional ballot. Okay, this is this is who are you going to vote for? Republican, Democrat, you know, just faceless Democrat, faceless Republican. Who do you vote for? And among registered voters, typically speaking, it skews about two to three percent Democrat. So anytime we see registered voters at two to three, we go, okay, that the Republicans. Republicans are, are in the lead here. Yeah. Because that's the baseline. And that's what the registered voters have been there. But it's the likely voters that they're starting to do. And the likely voters are when the Republicans show up. And this poll had the likely voters, Republicans plus five. Nationally. Ooh, interesting. Generic. Ooh, and oh, generic. Gen- well, so, so that's what I'm saying. So that nationally, you ask someone, they're more likely to say they're voting for the Republican than they're voting for the Democrat. In their, in their congressional race. And this is the Washington Post, ABC News. This is not the anything that we would consider moderately right wing. Uh, Joe Biden's approval rating in this poll, 39%. Woof. Not surprising. He's been that 39, Who are these 39% of people would like to meet them? Well, remember when we drive to that, I forget which course it is. In Sun City, but there's that every time we drive by that house and they have oh, a Biden yeah, and they flag have a Biden on flag, it, we're just and like, every what? time we're like, who are these people? Who are these Joe Biden super fans? Who is fans? so passionate about Joe Biden that they have a flag of him outside? Joe Biden doesn't even know who Joe Biden is at this point. <laughs> I don't even think Joe Biden's passionate about Joe Biden. He's kind of like, mm, I could do without Joe Biden. <laughs> it's mind-boggling. Um, but anyways, this is what surprised me. Political independents narrowly favor Republicans 47 to 42%. Ooh. That's big. Now, I expected that actually to skew a little bit to the Dems because of abortion. Oh, yeah. So that's what I was worried about. So this is what everyone was looking into. It's like, okay, okay, we see this is not a good poll for the Democrats. Why isn't this a good poll for the Democrats? Voters say inflation and the economy are two of the most important issues in their decision, along with abortion and education. Republicans hold a 17-point advantage among registered voters to trust the handle on the economy and an 18-point advantage to handle inflation. But Democrats have a 17-point advantage on abortion. Republicans have a 22-point advantage on handling crime, while Democrats have a 21-point advantage on climate change. Democrats and Republicans are about even on handling education in schools. Now, that surprises me. That surprises me. That means we haven't done a good enough job on the right getting our message out about education. Yeah. We've been sidetracked on our messaging because our messaging should be 100% around education. It should be 100% around making sure that the government works for people who are working and who are raising their families. And so that shows me that we've got a lot of ground to gain still especially at the local level. Yeah, I think when push comes to shove, the abortion issue is going to become second tier to voters if 
one, they're not the psycho people who are like, and now we're not going to have any rights. Like we're going to have to wear a burqa and not those, you know, you know them, you know who I'm talking about, not those people, but the people who are probably in a position where they probably don't, won't ever need an abortion. Mm -hmm. Like they like the idea of having it, but they personally probably won't need it. They're going to vote towards the economy and education and crime. Precisely. And that's how this always breaks out. And when you look into the meat, and I love how that's where you went, because when you look into the internals of this poll, when you look at, is this one of the single, is this your single most important issue or a very important issue? Yeah. Like, is this one of your top issues? The economy, inflation, education in schools, Immigration and crime all outrank abortion. Yeah. Right? So abortion, and we talked about this earlier, abortion in a similar way is very much like the Second Amendment is on our side, is that it's a very, very, very passionate issue for part of our base. And for the most part, the rest of us are going to get in line because at the end of the day, that's where our, philosophically, we will just reach the same conclusion as our brothers and sisters who we agree with on our aisle. Like, I do think that there's, there are some very, very, very similar, similar things here. The difference being is that gun rights are protected by literally the second amendment in the United States constitution where the Supreme court and legal scholars on both the right and the left have found there to be no constitutional protection for abortion whatsoever. You've got to make it up that this is just simply an elective surgical procedure that should be regulated at the state level, right? And so when we get to the meat and, the meat and potatoes of that, I, 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 I think that while our messaging on the right has been extraordinarily poor on abortion, yeah. I do think we have a philosophical uh, bedrock that we do get to stand behind, which is this is not something that the Constitution is meant to protect or even discuss. This is simply something that needs to be handled at the state level. Because the last thing you want is some faceless bureaucrat in Washington deciding weeks and whatever when it comes to abortion. Right? Set it at the state level. Set it at the state level. Argue with your neighbors about it. That's why this, that's that's why we have the system we have in our country, and that's why it's better to be miserable here than miserable anywhere else. Because at the end of the day, you have freedom here. And if you really, 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 really need to get your abortion, you can get to California or some other sanctuary abortion state around here. Yeah, I was going to ask, what do you, what percent do you think are of people who are like, well, in my state the abortion rights are good enough for me. So I'm not going to prioritize that. Well, I'm not sure what the number would be on that. Yeah. As I thought about it, I was like, well, if it's high enough, if they're probably in a dem state and they're just going to vote dem anyway. So but we do know that when it comes to abortion, rape, incest, life of the mother is 1% of all abortions. The other 90%, 99% are elective. Yeah. And that's what I mean where we've done a poor job of getting that message through to people of 
And because people on our side want to go, no, that 1%, we need to fight that. And they're not willing to accept the 99%. They need the whole pie. They need the whole 100% or nothing's good enough. And that's where our messaging has failed, where we have this opening where 99% of this procedure is elective. Okay, we talk. I feel like we talk about abortion a lot, so like, I well, think we're clear. because, we're because clear. it's just been popping up in the news. But the point is, is that what we've been what we've been talking about over the past four, five, six weeks of this issue of the abortion issue being important, and it's weighing the Republicans down the polls, and it's creating issues for our candidates. It's starting to subside because you want to know what people are seeing. They're seeing the same thing we saw, and what we pointed out in our last episode: gas prices are going up. Yeah, it's getting close to $5 here again. Starting to get back to 5 bucks. Wild. Starting to get back up to 5 bucks. Um, um, inflation prices at the grocery store have not subsided at all. No. Anyone, I mean, and that's the other thing. There's been a little bit of a break at the gas pump, but now that that's going back up, now we're just experiencing pain across the board. Yep. It's just pain across the board. And job cuts are coming. Job cuts are coming. After this past couple of weeks, the 401k crowd is not going to be on Team Biden. No. Is not going to be on Team Biden. Not that they were to begin with, but they are not going to be on Team Biden because the stock market is taking an absolute hammering right now now if you have a long-term view of the stock market you're just kind of like oh okay and if you don't um you are extraordinarily worried right now um because um joe biden's economy is what we said it was an artificial sugar high and it's always been an artificial sugar high and now it's crashing back down to earth. And we've got this big opening as Republicans to come take it. And I wanted to um, start a new segment. Oh. And I didn't pitch this to Katie today let's as a new just, segment. Let's, we'll do it live. We're going to do it live. And I want to highlight re- good Republican candidates in shockingly competitive races. I love it. Okay? Because this is what it should be. This should be another 2010 for us, folks. This should be another 2010. Okay? And we've got six weeks to make it that way. So let's do it. And despite the problems that our candidate and Pennsylvania governor is having, who (laughs) doesn't seem to be running a campaign, he just thinks that people will show up to vote for him, um, but we have a now in terms of states mm-hmm. where you would think we do not ha- do not have a shot at winning a United States Senate seat. Where would the state of Washington rank on your list? Pretty low. It's a Pre- West Coast state. Pretty low West Coast. Jane Inslee, climate change governor. Yeah. Seattle. Gross. Still blows my mind they don't have state income tax. I don't know how that But is no still state okay. income tax. Well, anyways, like 12 years ago during the Tea Party, when this particular sitting senator last had a very formidable challenge to her seat, mm. the old 
mom in tennis shoes, Senator Patty Murray, shouldn't say no. That's her campaign from 1992. That, that was the mom in tennis shoes. That's what she called herself. Mom in tennis shoes. Mom in tennis sneakers. Mom in sneakers. Whatever it was. Uh-huh. Runs this grassroots campaign, becomes, gov- becomes senator from Washington. 30 years later, she's still senator from Washington. Whack job, classic leftist, yada, yada, yada. We can go down the list. But anyways, I'm looking at the polling today. Real clear politics. Yeah. Looking looking to see where the bright spots are. And every time you look at the generic ballot, mm-hmm. folks, if you see registered voter and you see blue next to it, don't worry about it. Look at likely voter. Look at likely voters in your polling. If you're looking at polls, look for polls with likely voters. Because that's how you who's going to vote. So anyways, I'm looking down and I see, I'm looking. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Washington Senate. Smiley versus Murray. So I see Murray, and I can't stand Patty Murray. <laughs> can't stand her. What Tell a, us how you really absolute feel. Absolute fraud. Trafalgar Group. Okay, that's Republican. Okay. Murray, 49. Smiley, 47. Oh, is that within the margin of error? That is well within the margin of error. Oh, this is getting interesting. So I'm looking at this. And I'm going, huh, I've never heard of Smiley before. Who's Smiley? Yeah. Tiffany Smiley. Tiffany Smiley, U.S. Senate. Grew up on a farm, rural Washington, right? Married Mm -hmm. her high school sweetheart, Scotty Smiley. (laughs) She's a nurse. He, soldier. Okay, Ooh. serving America in Iraq, gets severely wounded by a suicide bomber. Hmm. Permanently loses sight in both of his eyes. So it's been a battle for this family to get him rehabilitated. And throughout all of this, she's been dealing with the VA. And this is how she gets politically uh, activated, I guess, as they would say, is trying to care for her beloved husband who's blind now, who's sight in both oh, eyes, mm-hmm. dealing with the VA, dealing with government red tape and mm. the bureaucracy and trying to get care for her husband who was wounded in the line of duty. Works through all of this stuff and now is running for Senate. Run, run some grassroots organizations, but this is someone who is looking, who is just simply an advocate for better government for people, for working people. That's who she is. That's who she is. You look at this agenda, this is just straight up just agenda for recovery and reform. That's it. This is nothing crazy. This is, this is, this is just someone who goes, hey, look, we're not being represented correctly. This is, it, it, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be just a regular middle-class person. Okay, I'm a nurse. My husband's a soldier. So she's the other woman 30 years ago. She's Patty Murray <laughs> 30 years ago, now running against Patty Murray. Yeah. And she's on our side. All right. And she's got this wonderful inspirational message, Smiley for Washington. Go check her out. This is the kind of candidate 
that we need to be talking up nationally. Yeah. If she's within a striking distance of a, a, in a state like Washington, imagine what she can do. Because I, I follow this stuff every day. I never heard of her. Never heard of her. Never heard of her. First thing, first thing on our agenda, preventing the IRS from harassing middle-class families and small businesses with the 87,000 agents they plan to hire. This whole thing, reduce wasteful spending that's caused inflation. Tax cuts for middle class by permanently extending the cap on state and local tax deductions. She doesn't have to worry about that living in Washington. Thing. <laughs> but here, you want to know what? So I was looking through this, and I wanted to bring this up. Yeah. Because a lot of Republicans don't talk like this. Mm-hmm. Enacting common sense paid family leave policy that helps fund parental leave and child care expenses. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I'll support bipartisan legislation that gives parents the option to advance child tax credit payments that would help families after the birth or adoption of a new child to finance time off of work and offset the cost of infant care. Hey, look, I need to take a little bit more time off from work. You, you know, you're, you, you, you might not be able to pay me for this time. How about, how about, how about I, uh, my, I just, my tax credit covers it? No big deal. That's interesting. That's the kind of stuff, though. What this reminds me of mm-hmm. is the kind of candidacy that does really well when you're going around the state talking to people. Like, mm. how can I help you? Yeah. How can I help you? Yeah. Like, you, you know, going around being like, and I remember like the Carrie Lake thing. Like the Carrie Lake. You get the telev- national television away from her. National television, I'm just one of you. How can I help you? How can I help you? Right, which is almost like why I'm like, do we really want the national news on? <laughs> like, I'm kind of like, mm, I would love people in Washington State to pay attention. Right. Yeah, but you guess there's certain national things that you don't want her to have to call balls and strikes on. Yeah. <laughs> to put it bluntly. <laughs> There's nothing there's nothing on our website about the 2020 election is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, because uh, if you have three, four, and five-year-olds, you don't care about that. You care about how your kids can be educated. You're caring about the person with six different colors of hair with a bone through their nose that's got, you know, like did you see the teacher in Canada? The prosthetic upper no, chest? Ew, no, no. She looks like what it's a caricature. What do you think I look at all day? <laughs> Have you seen this ridiculous image? This is a horrible. No. So, so right here, you're, what you're learning here for us, for those of you in the listening audience, what you're being exposed to is the fact that, that, that my lovely wife actually works during the day and what I do, screw around online. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone from his appointment is listening. That is not true. It was just a joke. <laughs> Disclaimer made. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, you're looking at planes. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Um, I so I have something to end on, but it's not food. Okay, that's okay. What but I want it? to mention this first. I want to I want to mention one thing first, okay. which is the secret overemployment trend. Okay, so four weeks ago, three weeks ago, we were talking three, about it was underemployment, quiet or, quitting, quiet quitting, quiet yeah. quitting, and then there was quiet firing. 
Okay. And now it's over. And now it's over employment. Is it all the same thing or are we just coming up with new words to talk about? When I say overemployment, what do you think overemployment means? Um, it could mean either that you have way more responsibility at work than you're being paid for or your title implies, or it means you have multiple jobs. Correct. So overemployment is the continued phenomenon of remote workers. Double dipping. Mul- double dipping, triple dipping, quadruple dipping. Quadruple dipping, yo. Quadruple what? dipping. How are they? These people must not have jobs where they have to do meetings because there is no way in this green universe that I could do that. I'm always on the call. Unbelievable. Wait, does it say, does it profile somebody who does four? I want to know what the four jobs are. I don't know what the four are. I saw it. There's like a ton of people. First of all, none of these people want to give out their names. Oh, obviously. But there's an R overemployed subreddit that began in May 2021. It has 23,000 members. It says 92,000 members. Well, 93. 92. Oh, oh, okay. I'm rounding up. Wait, overemployed. Go to this and see if they say overemployed. My stress has actually gone down. Mental health is up, way up. I'm not stressed by layoffs or the thought that I can't make my next mortgage payment. That's true. If you're always working, (laughs) if you're working around the clock, you're probably never going to be stressed about your mortgage payment because you're just going to collapse like a dying star (laughs) and explode and die. And, you know, also you don't have any hobbies or potentially social life. Keeping the second job a secret. It's only 50K, but it puts just me, I think he means it just puts me in the six-figure club. Okay. I declined a $300,000 raise offer today because it required in-office and relocation. Why sacrifice my $500,000 base between three jobs, even if this is a career step up? Interesting. I don't think they say, he doesn't say what three jobs are. My wife just said the same, unless we get a million dollars not moving. All right. Yep. I wonder it's so hard to hire these days. (laughs) Oh, there's a post on calendar management tips for everyone. Okay. I'm not seeing anything that says, like, what do they do? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I don't think anyone's given up the goods. I'm just curious. I'm just like overall curious, like what types of jobs? Is it like software engineers? Is it like secretaries? Like what? Anyway, we're not going to bore you with me reading the Reddit, but go for yourself and find out if you want to go down the rabbit hole. Reddit is great for rabbit holes. Reddit's so great for rabbit holes. Reddit's also where I try to get a lot of the content that ends the show on. Okay. I did not get this from Reddit. Okay. <laughs> and now this link no longer works. No. But luckily. You copy pasted. Copy pasted the most important graphs. Okay. Which was, why do you like the music you like? Okay. I now, don't know that I know the answer to that. Preferences may change over time. This is, that's true. But research shows that people tend to be especially fond of music from their adolescent years. Yeah. And recall music from a specific age period, 10 to 30 years, with a peak at 14. 
don't know about that. But I would say I like mostly upbeat, and I have to be able to sing along to it, which is why I cannot listen to music while I do work or read or do basically anything. Music is an activity. (laughs) Yeah, so I would say for me... I really started getting into music when I was, well, I guess I grew up, like, well, I already talked about the radio. I always had the radio on. But I grew up feeling like music around, but I have no musical talent, like zero musical talent. I can't sing. I can't play instruments. I tried to learn to play the guitar. I kind of got, like, semi-okay at it, but I just don't have any musical talent. But I love music. But, like, for me, like, I think it would peak, like, starting 17 through, like, 22. Like, college. Like, I always had music on. All right. Yeah. Like, I knew, like, you could, you, like, anything, like, indie emo from, like, 1999 from, like, 1999 through, like, 2012. I know. Yeah. Back of my hand. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I just like anything that I like sing, can sing along to. Um, I don't think I'm particularly good at singing, but Max amuses me. I think the Katie Jukebox is great. <laughs> yeah, he calls me the Katie Jukebox, which is fun. Um, so, yeah, interesting. So it doesn't go into the like the psychological of like why somebody likes country versus rock. Musical versus... taste is often identified by preferred genres, but a more accurate way of understanding preferences is by musical attributes. So like upbeat. Yeah, so arousal. You're welcome. Depth. Yeah, yeah. So like, so like you kind of, yeah, exactly. So you like country music because you like crappy music. Wow. Shots fired, first of all. <laughs> I listen to a lot of country. So, so Not a lot of country, but there's a fair amount of country on my pool playlist. Yeah. Party country. I don't mind party country, and I don't mind old country. And then there's like the... My woman left me and my dog died. (laughs) Sad country. Yeah, it's like 90. That's like 95% of country. No, it's not. No, it's not. 94.95% of country. Um, So, yeah, think about what music you all like and maybe if there is a commonality there. And chances are it's from when you were 14 years old. Apparently. So there you go. Um, We will catch you all on Wednesday. Will they? Why wouldn't they? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I'll be here. I'll, we'll be here. See? You will see us on Wednesday. You won't well, see us. You won't see us. us. You'll hear us. Hear Thank us. you. Thank you. Okay. Roll the theme song. Bye. The chant is drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess.